4 o'clock football frenzy is presented by Dustin DeHart of Nova Home Loans. Call him now at 702-577-2600. Before we get to the football frenzy here at Silver 7's Adam Hill, Cofield. Baseball update, no Red Sox-Yankees game, COVID outbreak on the Yankees. Three players test positive, three more in protocol. Don't know who the source is yet, but sounds like there was an issue at the All-Star game. Aaron Judge was the All-Star. He's not listed as one of the guys who tested positive. Red Sox, uh, the manager, Alex Cora, said he's worried about his five All-Stars. After the Yankees outbreak, said that of uh, Xander Bogarts, Rafael Devers, J.D. Martinez, Nate Evaldi, and Matt Barnes. Uh, he's worried about those guys, and he also said not all of them are vaccinated. So, oh, I mean, again, we're we're beating the drum every day, but just get the shots, especially if if you're a professional athlete who could impact a potential season or team. It, it's baffling at this point, but. <laughs> Uh, really interesting on that, uh, the clown Chris Doyle, the longtime strength coach under Kirk Ferentz at Iowa, who was pushed out of the program after, you know, allegedly, uh, you know, six or seven years making stupid remarks to African-American players and creating a hostile work environment. Urban Meyer then tried to pick him up for the Jaguars organization. Well, this is interesting because under pressure, Meyer had to dump Chris Doyle. Well, now the Jags are actually being rolled into the Iowa case, which is still going on. And they've been subpoenaed. So courts are asking for any correspondence between Doyle and the Jaguars. The Jaguars are responding like, we don't know anything about the Iowa situation. Like, that's not what we asked about. Wait, you don't know anything? You... Well, we have nothing to do with the Iowa situation. Right, I mean... And now they're like, well, we want to see the records, the correspondence between Doyle and Urban Meyer and the Jags and Doyle. So Yeah, I'm, I'm sure they'd like to know exactly what Urban Meyer asked him about it, what he said about it. Like... Again, thanks, Herb. Thanks for thinking this one through, bruh. Everybody knew this was going on, and yet the Jaguars decided to hire him for like seven hours. Um, but yeah, you you don't think there was a conversation? You don't think Urban Meyer said, "Hey, what's going on with that? What's the real story there? Uh, are we going to be cool here?" Like, you didn't do any of that. First of all, if there is no correspondence about this, if there's no knowledge, if there's no understanding, if there's no communication that whatsoever, that's already egregious. You're already, you've already admitted that you just made a massive mistake by not even checking on that. But if there is, then of course they want to know about it. What's the uh, the Nick Roy Nick Wah story? Remind everyone again. So when on the, the pronunciation of his name, that's yeah. why I said it two different ways. Yeah, yeah. When the Golden Knights acquired Nick Wah, uh, everybody was like, "Oh, is it Nick Roy or Nick Wah?" Because obviously, R O Y. You would think that's Roy, but we know from hockey in the past it's you know Patrick Waugh and other Waugh's that have been there. Uh, and being French Canadian, you would assume maybe it's Waugh. So everybody just went with Waugh. That was the assumption. Uh, I and, and a couple other people found an old video of him saying that he was Nick Roy uh, when he was playing for the uh, the AHL team in Carolina. That's the problem. And he said, I'm I think, Nick I think Roy. he's like, I just don't want to explain it to these people. And so, yeah, there's a video of him saying, my name is Nick Roy. And so oh, we posted that and said, well, it's, everybody's saying it wrong. It's not Wah, it's Roy. <laughs> and then he said uh, to us, you know, when I made that video, I, you know, I was kind of new, like, you know, to America. Nobody knew how to say it. So I was just playing along with what everybody else said and said Nick Roy. 
but it is actually supposed to be Nick Waugh. But there is this video out there that people often point to and say, you said it's Nick Roy. So I don't think it's a huge problem to say Nick Roy when he said it that way. Uh, but I do think it's supposed to be Nick Waugh. It's weird, man. <laughs> your name is your name. Uh, saw an interview clip from the Ain't No Seats pod. Travis Kelsey was on there, and the tight end for the Chiefs explained that uh, Kelsey is actually not the way you say it. It's it's I got Kelsey and then Kels. My real name is Kels, so, I mean, I just kind of roll with the punches. That's it, huh? You just let everyone call you the wrong name? And, and your brother is a freaking lunatic? Offensive lineman with the Eagles? You guys are all just good with just... Hey, Kelsey, like, that's not your name. What do you think Jason's saying when he's like, yeah, I was trying to go by my actual name, and this guy ruined it. Everybody calls him Kelsey. I don't know who started it. I have no that's idea. good point. Weird, right? First of all, you're also missing another great example of the mispronounced names, which is right up my alley, the Tyrod <laughs> the Tyrod well, but, Taylor but his, debacle. But his mom and dad were split on how to say it. Right. They had a disagreement about what how to it. What was it, Tyrod and Tyrod? Yeah. And it was a, that was appeared to be a family issue, which I'm anti Tarod because to God doesn't work. Ty God does. Of course it does. And Ty God will be back. It looks like oh, this is going to be awesome. That story's coming up in two minutes with uh, more rumors around Deshaun Watson. But are we just to be clear? Are we calling him Kels on the show from now on? No, because I don't think anyone will understand. And then we'll get people saying you don't know who the guy is. You don't know his name. <laughs> I like that. Travis Kels. You want to just Kels. do it? Yeah, we well we we also need to save Ari, make sure it's labeled very properly. That clip, so that if any like if we get a caller or something that calls, what do you you guys are idiots? You keep calling him Kels. Yeah, it's his name. When you want him to save an audio piece, I honestly just can't wait yeah. to be around like the like talking to Gruden and being like, Coach, how you gonna how you guys gonna cover Travis Kels? Don't even say don't even say Travis. <laughs> just say Kels. I. Have never been more excited about something. You're gonna do it on purpose to try to Just try Kels, to throw him off all the time, Kels. My real name is Kels. <laughs> I'm downright giddy about this. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like the Gradell joke that I've had for like five years now because a Cardinals linebacker was ranting and he's like, "Come on, Gradell!" And ever since I, you know, I, I throw in Gradell for every third Gadell, and I think. Most of the audience is like, this guy's a moron. He thinks the commission of the NFL is named Roger Gradell. Since we're going down this road, I, I will also point out, I don't know how much you got to see Saturday. I know you were on vacations. So I don't know. I don't think you're watching UFC. Um, there's a, uh, a fighter from South Africa who's really rising up the ranks. He's going to be a star. Um, Drickus Duplessis. Uh, but his name, you, it looks like you would say it Duplessis. And I've said it Duplessis. That's how it's spelled. Sure. Uh, that's how I've always said it. And... He came out, I thought, did a perfect job in his post-fight. He had a great performance on Saturday night on the Connor card, came out afterwards, and he said, hey, all I want to do with this post-fight is make sure that everybody understands my name is Duplessis. He goes, I never clarified it before because it's a very common name in South Africa. Uh, everybody knows how to say it, but here nobody knows how to say it, including Dana. And he's like, so Dana, just so you know, it's Drickus Duplessis. That's my name. Everybody should remember that because I'm, I'm here to stay. There's no way. And, and also, and right away I tweeted, hey, listen, uh, Dana has been calling Tyron Woodley Tyrone since he entered the uh -huh. UFC. Yep. It's never going to change. Yeah. And so right after the fight, uh, Dana White was asked who he was impressed by. And he goes, oh, that Duplessis kid. Like, 
he his whole speech was saying, "Please don't call me Duplessis anymore." <laughs> it was his whole speech. <laughs> it's amazing. Well, Dan is real. You missed a lot of last week. I played a ton of audio. Our vast sound crew went up. They weren't in Tahoe, but uh, they grabbed a lot of audio from the uh, the Derek Hart interview at the Tahoe Golf Tournament that he did with uh, Holly and Smith, and it was it was a hoot. Like what Derek Hart was saying, like so much of it, you're like, wow, you don't need to say that. It was more of that stuff. And like I know you've complained in the past, like Derek, just be real, man. Yep. Just be real. He's in Reno. He's got Reno reporters around him. And, you know, they care so much more about the Reno-UNLV rivalry as compared to us down here. We care about it. But it's actually, I think that's why we care about it so much, because they care about it so much. So we want to get into it because it annoys the crap out of us. So they ask him, Wolfpack or Rebels? You're in Vegas. It's not, it wasn't the Nevada finance team. You're in Vegas. Wolfpack for the Rebels. Wolfpack, Wolfpack. Wolfpack. <laughs> I know when I'm outnumbered, I'm smarter than that. <laughs> no one's laughing. <laughs> Why? Why? Well, first of all, you're Fresno, so the answer could have been neither, but come on. You're a Vegas guy. He's not. And listen, I, I neither would have been the right answer. Right. Because, you know, your conference rivals of both of them. Right. Um, you do live in Vegas now, and you've done some work with UNLV. Uh, also, him and Marcus Arroyo have a pretty good relationship. <sighs> uh, so it, that's a little bit more surprising. I will say, Derek Carr does take the, I believe, uh, I'm going to excuse him a little bit. Because I do think he's just being not fake. But he even says there, like, hey, I'm outnumbered. I have to say Reno because I'm in right, Reno. Right. So he's he's playing to the audience. Come on, Derek. But I also will say that he does have several UNLV people on the beat that covers him on a day-to-day basis, and he likes giving us jabs about UNLV oh, and the really? rivalry. Huh. So, like, there is that built up. Like, he doesn't have to deal with Reno-Fresno all the time. He does have to deal with Fresno-UNLV rivalry all the time. So maybe there's something there. Like maybe it, maybe it's that. Look at you. That was very nice of you. But it's also providing cover. It's also come on, man. You live in Vegas. I know you're in Reno for this interview. You can take the heat. Yeah. Or Carson City. I, I, I don't know if Reno or Carson City. Is you there. might be right. It might have been Carson it was up City. North, but either way, come on. Up next, more uh, sports media updates. A lot of NFL news to get into. As we'll talk to one of the dudes from Front Office Sports. Dustin DeHart of Nova Home Loans brings you the 4 o'clock football frenzy. Dial 702-577-2600 now. Home prices have never been higher and interest rates have never been lower. Get your mortgage tune-up today by calling 577-2600. Stick around. More of Cofield and Company is on the way. And now it's my pleasure to welcome in Malika Andrews, who will be on the sideline for the first time in an NBA Finals game in her career. But she's not the only newbie because there's actually only one player that has finals experience that will be on the court here tonight.
That was a victory lap, wasn't it? That was game one right before the, uh, the finals commenced as uh, Malika Andrews put in place uh, Rachel Nichols. You know, all the Rachel Nichols, Maria Taylor stuff from last week. I have no idea what the future holds for Rachel Nichols, but uh, front office sports broke the story yesterday. Maria Taylor, as we predicted, had other – what's wrong? Nothing. No. Had other uh, irons on the fire in terms of opportunities aside from ESPN. That's why she was asking for so much money. And uh, AJ Perez works for Front Office Sports, and it looks like she's getting what, like eight mil a year, AJ from NBC. Uh, uh, at least in the three to five range, I think that would be. Uh, that's where I mean, eight mil, eight mil is getting near Stephen A. territory, so it's yeah. possible, I guess. You know? Yeah, I think I mean, the I think the I think back end. Are, I was going to say, I think the back end of the deal. Make as much as she can, so yeah, yeah, she, she can max out at eight at the back end. So yeah. going back, what what do you think of that whole kerfuffle? Yeah, it was weird. It was kind of a couple weeks ago before the New York Times story out came out, and before the New York Post posted uh, did a story on the um, on her wanting to steal close to Stephen A. money. You know, I got a tip on it. I didn't know. I it was a good source, but I didn't know what the, the nexus of it was. So I didn't go with it because I was like, "There's got to be something more to it." And then the New York Times story comes out. Oh, that that was some, that was the more to it. And Deadspin got you know it was a lot a lot of stuff that Deadspin had last summer, and it was it was interesting. We knew we we reported back in March that. Maria Taylor's contract was coming up, and she was in negotiations, and, you know, it was looking like she was going to you know, stay at ESPN. And then w- without us even knowing any of this uh, Rachel Nichols stuff that had been floating around since the bubble last summer. So it was, uh, it, I mean, uh, this, this all came in the last couple of weeks, but it's been brewing for over a year. It's safe to assume NBC has their eyes on her for more than just sports coverage, right? Yeah, the Today Show is one of the possibilities, and, and it kind of makes sense. you got NBC Sportsnet. Um, is going to be going away at the end of this year. So um, there's going to be there's going to be other places for her. You know, I'm not saying that she would not do anything if there wasn't an NBC Sports Net. If there's not the Kentucky, Kentucky Derby or or you know Saturday Night Football going on, she would just sit around. She's she's going to be active, I'm sure, if she goes to NBC. And I think uh, I think her, you know, she she would be a great fit for the Today Show or you know pretty much any anything she wants to do there. Um, I think she has a you know, huge upside and she's very well well, well respected at ESPN and everywhere else. There are some who would say that uh, Maria Taylor getting away from the NBA is good for her career because uh, right now the NBA stinks in terms of the ratings. Are you hearing from any TV executives concerns about the ratings are a little up this year, but they plummeted last year, so essentially it's you know two straight years of ratings being down in the finals? I think no. I think there are a lot of they're just taking a step back and looking. You got you got you got look at the markets. You know, Phoenix is not a not, their DMA is eleven. They're eleventh biggest market. Then you look at Milwaukee's the thirty sixth biggest biggest market. When you don't have those. New York or oh, New York has been involved in a long time. Uh, when you don't have LA or one of the major cities or the or the or, the, or um, you know fans you know, from outside those regions who follow the team, um, that, that's going to be a hit on ratings. I think it's kind of built in, it's kind of baked in, as, as they say, to this to these finals. Where I don't think there's be anybody's too concerned about it. Um, the contract isn't up for up until the end. We got three, four more years, so it's not it's not up to the end of end of 2025. Um, and, uh, you know, and who knows, you know, who knows? NBC could get back into the game. And if Emory is there long enough, she'd be covering NBA again. Yeah. There's a lot of people who point to the NBA and they, they use the, uh, the statement, get woke, go broke. Well, maybe, but it hasn't happened to the NFL. Cause you guys had a report the other day, Super Bowl 56, the ad sales for, uh, mm-hmm. the NFL, which supposedly was going to be, you know, dead in the water with all the cap stuff. <laughs> Three and four years ago, it's eighty-five percent. Eighty-five percent sold out already for Super Bowl Fifty Six. 
Yeah, it's like that's amazing that it came out, and they they wouldn't come out with that. That wouldn't come out or leak out or anywhere or be put out in, in any manner if it was if 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 if, if they were struggling. You know, that Fox and and, um, and Fox Fox the last couple of Super Bowls still about not last minute. CBS and Fox had um, that it was didn't go up to the last minute for them, but it was close. You know, they were but they they still had ninety percent, about ninety five percent of the sales through probably end of December. But this is very a very good sign for them, and it just shows like you know there's still yeah, people want even though you know this, there was the last Super Bowl had much different ads and then then because of the pandemic because of the restrictions I think people people still want you know these brands still want to get out there during the big game Sunday Sunday ticket has been one of their most obviously uh, uh, financially successful and popular uh, products they've had controversial <laughs> well yeah. Um, why is but, it controversial? Because because Directv and yeah. has become uh, I'm not going to yeah. say it. It's been, it's been <laughs> exactly. I, mean, I, I, well, I was Directv customer for over 20 years, and I and I and I've been gone for a couple, and I'm, exactly. not, I'm not missing it. Well, the, the problem I, I am missing Sunday ticket though, and you're right. Cutting the cord, I think you know so many people are doing it, and I do get frustrated on the the lack of options for Sunday ticket. So I don't know who's going to get in, but I, I do find it intriguing that like Apple is interested, at least is asking mm-hmm. about Sunday ticket. Yeah, I mean, you want it's five years ago. This would be like, oh yeah, streaming's coming, streaming's coming, and yeah, it and it, we're almost there. I mean, we're not, we're not we're we we are there in a certain extent. We got, I mean, you know, to watch UFC like I did on Saturday, uh, as uh, I'm sure, <laughs> um, as sure a lot of people did. I know Adam was there probably in person, um, and uh, there, you know, that's the only way to do it is just streaming. I mean, in, in the U.S., go through you know ESPN Plus and buy pay seventy bucks. I think this is going to be uh, this is going to be intriguing. The uh, AT and T, which owns DirecTV, this is the last year of the contract. Um, there was talk that they there were some rumors, at least that they would that that Amazon or somebody else, or you know, Apple TV was the latest to be mentioned by um, by uh, I think it was the Informer um, last week about them getting into it. It makes sense to to uh, you know I think I think we'll see one more year of DirecTV, but I think. Once this contract's up, you know they they're paying 1.5 billion. It's going to go for more than that, and I think it makes sense for Amazon, Apple, or even Peacock, you know, to on a premium tier there, to, to have it. You know, it's not it's not going to hurt for 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 NBC slash Peacock. Um, it's not going to hurt their local ratings because those games are going to be blacked out. Uh, it's good, but it's it's going to drive subscriptions, and I think a lot of people who got frustrated with Directv in recent years um, are going to be flocking to it, and you know, I think. I think that's going to be a huge. I mean, that's the last piece of it. I mean, the, SN, the Amazon got the, the Thursday night football package. We, after all the other networks free up at much higher rates at the NFL for many years to come. Um, so I think that's the that that's going to be the the next big contract in sports. Is like where does that Sunday ticket go to? AJ Perez is with Cofield and Company. He's from Front Office Sports. Uh, before we talk about a couple more stories that are up on the site and going on in the uh, media and sports world. I want you to tell people what is the mission of what you guys are doing. What is what's the goal? Oh, the goal is to you know keep you gotta subscribe to our newsletters. We have uh, the I'm on the front office sports side. Uh, we have AM and PM, so twice a day. You uh, it'd be it'd be four thirty in the morning on the on the West Coast. You get the you get the AM, and uh, about one thirty in on the West Coast, you get you get the PM, and it's uh, kind of a rundown of all the all all the big all the big stories in sports business that day. We also have. A consumer side that does more general newsletters. We have one one on the association that Anthony does. Anthony Puccio, he he's all been all over the finals. Um, that's a great one to be an NBA fan to uh, to subscribe to. 
Chris Kook uh, from Chicago does our sports section, the more general sports and uh, newsletter. We have a gambling one called The Rundown, and Liam does um, does a uh, great Sunday feature newsletter that goes delves into, he's a former Goldman Sachs um, uh, person that does go, goes deeper into these 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 deals. He's done Peloton, he's done, um, yeah, what was his last one? We did, uh, yeah, so he's been doing a lot of games. <laughs> he's, he's only done three or four, but they've been great so far. You guys uh, actually jumped into the NIL space in terms of information. Are you guys providing some uh, some marketing info for athletes in college? Yeah, that too. Uh, Amanda does our college newsletter every Wednesday. I forgot about that. Yes, and we're also doing yeah. We're, we we we've launched these kind of uh, kind of school uh, kind of it's kind of like going to school. It's like you're gonna you, these with Pepsi was our first sponsor. Now we now we're 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 into the second one now with NIL, and it's it's going to uh, yeah. It's going it's. This is all new. The NIL thing is, I mean, I covered some of this, all, this Alston stuff you know, a decade ago. It's, it's still, you know, these these lawsuits, and, we, and we're finally there. Just these, these college kids can finally make money, and we're all kind of learning as we go. Let's go back to a couple of TV stories to finish things off. Um, and to me, this shows how often, especially sports talk radio and, and some newspaper people are out of touch with the average fan. Uh, so many people crap on the home run derby, and yet on TV the home run derby did really well, and it actually did well mm-hmm. in markets that I don't think get a lot of love, like Kansas City and Cincinnati with the local ratings. I found that kind of fascinating that the home run derby is actually still pretty popular. And Hartford was like number six. I mean, yes. you, know, you, yes. don't, you don't you don't think of Hartford, Connecticut, as a <laughs> big you know the <laughs> big MLB market, but yeah, they, they, they did really well. I think uh, um, Chohei's uh, you know. You know, attempt there, especially at least in the early rounds, uh, round, um, was great. And I think that I think, I think that, that drove a lot of eyeballs. More people need to see Shohei um, Shohei uh, 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 Otani because he's just you know he's underappreciated. And it's like if he's with the Dodgers or with the Yankees, he'd be everywhere. And I think I, the whole the whole Stephen A thing it was so misplaced because not for many reasons. One of the main reasons which I tweeted about was. You know, Mike Trout on, on the Angels, and you know he's been on the team for ten years now, and it's like he's very. He's not. He doesn't have near the exposure that he should. He's a you know part of the likely future Hall of Famer, and we've you know we don't. I'm in the West, I'm in the East Coast now for six, for 15 years. You know you have to struggle to actually you know follow West Coast sports, and I and I do my best. You know. I I find what happened at ESPN right after Stephen A. and the Shohei Otani stuff very fascinating because I saw Mina Kimes was vocal going after yes. Stephen A. They brought Jeff Passan on the show. He went toe-to-toe mm-hmm. with Stephen A. And the funny thing is, there's a lot of times I watch first take, and Stephen A. gets super pissed. He'll lose his cool a little bit with Max Kellerman to the point where, without saying it, he almost says it like, you don't have to be here. Like, you, your <laughs> ass will be out of here. When I, and I, I, I thought to myself, wow, they're bringing on Passan. They got Mina Kimes. Yeah. I wonder what goes on behind the scenes at ESPN if Stephen A. is I like, mean, how dare you shut people up to yell at me when they're in-house? Get them out of here. And I, I think uh, uh, June Lee was uh, was on there as well. Uh, Pablo Torre the same day had his podcast. Yep. You know where I think where where Stephen A. had to listen for for once, for once. probably <laughs> another one of the rare times in the last decade he's had to sit there and listen. And I think you know, and he you know I I give Stephen A. credit for doing it. Um, you know the, his comments were were very insensitive. Um, it was a bit very, and I think it was you know, myopic um, his comments. And I think that he was a learning experience for him. And I think it's coming, especially coming off, coming off the Taylor stuff. You know that you know to have this back to back like that for ESPN. I think they, 
they tried to handle it as best they could, and I think I think uh, Stephen A. had to, uh, you know, just kind of sit there and listen for, for, for a bit. you got to follow Front Office Sports on Twitter. It's at FOS. Uh, Mike McCarthy is also a dynamite follow. I was looking through his Twitter account today. He's awesome. He's at M. McCarthy. Rev, where can people find you, AJ, on Twitter? At BYAJ Perez. There you go. All right, AJ. We'll talk to you. How's the knee? You okay? Hey, you recovering? You good? You good? <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> I'll talk to you guys later. All right. See, see you, later, man. I don't think you can hear me. But, yeah, he, uh, I don't know, he jacked up his knee last week. He's putting up pictures on, on uh, social media. I think that was the accurate answer. The, eh. Okay. Yeah. Hey, we got we got multiple friends laid up with uh, knee injuries. Our buddy Tony Miller has been out of commission down at the Golden Nugget. I think he just got back to work, but he he freaking he had some kind of tear in his knee. So I'm I'm I'm, I'm back from the calf. Oh, that's right. You did recover pretty quickly. Uh, about about three weeks of uh pretty ugly, and then got better. It's still I still got the it's still black and blue, and it's still swollen, but back to walking all right. So the home run derby local TV ratings really did well, and the funny thing is the number one local market was Kansas City. And I don't know if you know what the story in Kansas City was right after the home run derby. Well, Sal Perez kicked booty, but he got in a terrible matchup against Pete Alonso. Yeah. And then everyone in Kansas City's like, are you not going to talk to Sal Perez? They kissed the ass of uh, Pete Alonso the entire time because they're so fixated on New York players. And we like Pete Alonso. We got to talk to him a couple of years ago when he was playing uh, over at Cashman. Um, but, yeah, Kansas City exploded, and it, it totally plays into that whole, you know, well, was us the little guy? Nobody, nobody cares about Kansas City. But, no, no and respect. they were watching. They were actually watching this. They, they actually turned in the highest local rating for the home run derby. Well, what else is there to do? You know that's not true. It is, it is true. Is that true of every city in the Midwest? If it's not Vegas, of course. Stop. Ridiculous. What are you, you going to do? You said I don't watch baseball. Uh, are you? You're not surprised that Maria Taylor landed at NBC, but she is going to become a freaking megastar over there. And ESPN's basically let her walk. They let all this crap, you know, bubble beneath the surface with Rachel Nichols. And not to be mean, I don't know what Rachel Nichols' future is beyond what she does now. Well, especially right now. Is she ever going to be the host of the finals? Yeah, I think it's possible. Really? You think she can bounce back? Yeah, I think it dies down. I mean, she's been doing it for a while. Has she hosted the finals or just her highest in the, her highest level, highest gig in the finals was uh, sideline reporter, which is a fine position? Yeah, I mean, I guess I guess I'm saying is she back on the is she back on her duties? Like, yeah, I think she's going to just kind of go on and do what she does and host that, you know, whatever they if they bring that show back. I know they canceled it for a few days. Oh, uh, they're back. No, she's yeah. back. She was back after one day. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think I think it's a, it's going to die down and Everybody will move on from it there. They'll forget about it. The Fat Pack is on the way. We'll give uh, Adam his choice. We're either going to talk about charcuterie or making your bed. The phone lines are open. Join the conversation on Cofield and Company now by calling 702-364-1100 or tweet us at Cofield and Co. We don't mess around when it comes to food. It's the Fat Pack on Cofield and Company. Brought to you by Nova Home Loans. You see a pair of laughing eyes, and suddenly you're Fat Pack, we're all over the place. We talk food, we talk fat asses, we talk outfits, whatever we like. Uh, I gave a choice of topic, 
making your bed or charcuterie, if I can say it, charcuterie, um, I'm going to make the choice, charcuterie, because it flows better. Okay. Did you see the photo that just popped up on social media? CJ McCollum apparently says he was getting a rash of crap. He said, someone said I got to step up my charcuterie game. <laughs> Laugh out loud. Light day today, watching from the crib. So he's got a, a picture on his patio. He's got a couple of glasses of wine. And he's got a nice tray with uh, meats and cheeses. Looks like some olives. Looks like some green olives. Nice presentation. Nice little bowls. Not bad. It's not bad. Um, I always give bonus points. I think I've said this before on the show, but uh, olives happen to be my favorite food. These appear to be green olives. Again, I'm, I'm kind of making a guess. I think I see some sort of Colby Jack cheese. I see some, some crackers. It looks like there's some... Uh, white smushier cheese in the background again the picture is not super close i mean, I, I feel like you and i may eat the items that you would get in charcuterie or you know like any pasta um but i don't feel like we'd present no no I, i'm i'm a yeah you're absolutely right like i don't see the point or the need to like lay it out in a fancy manner like he has done now my question is he said someone said, that, said I need to step up my charcuterie game. Is are, are they saying this presentation needs to be stepped up, or is this his effort to step it up? I think this was a step up. Okay, because this is good. I think it's very solid. Yeah. It's very solid. It's impressive, for sure. I mean, the the multiple knives of different, you know, different style for the different types of cheeses oh, wow. and spreads. Yeah. That's a good point. Um, as you mentioned, the spread with the crackers and the cheese and the, the olives – are good now. Let's send this picture out for uh, junkies of charcuterie. I do feel at ESPN Las Vegas on Twitter. You can check it out. CJ McCollum, NBA player. I mean, I feel like he didn't slice them himself. Okay, that's my guess. Would you prefer that it's sliced? No, but I'm saying if people are going to be nitpicking on his yeah. charcuterie game, I think you slice it. Well, depends on how many people are there. If it's only like two of you. If it's a big group, I think you slice it. I think you go through the trouble. Now, I'm also, I have a slicer. Um, I was actually thinking of upgrading uh, my cheese slicing. I may get a board with, like, that drop-down slicing ability. Got the wire. Okay. I was thinking of upgrading that way. Right now, I believe, and this is even after a vacation, I believe I've got seven different types of cheeses. Wow. In my refrigerator. We've actually had cheese-offs before. On the late night pod, we've 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 done a countdown of different cheeses we have. Okay. So, I don't know if you, do you guys stock the fridge at, at the uh, Hill Hostel? I've got with all the strange people in and out of there. Do you give them more cheese or do you offer less cheese? Like, are you gonna are you like, well, we have strangers in here. I'm not buying a an expensive block of cheese for them. Well, I can also here's I can, American. I mean, I can tell you how frustrating it is when you buy like uh, on a on a separate note. Yep. Like. You buy, like, one Gatorade, like, ah, oh, this is my Gatorade for later. And then all of a sudden it's gone. You're like, come on! What are we doing? There's, there's one Gatorade. It's clearly for somebody that put it in there. Why are we drinking that? That's a living hell. It's a nightmare. I will tell you, the SO is probably the most polite person I've ever met in my life. But I, I'm guessing that she got screamed at for those kind of violations when she was a kid. Yeah. I We often go shopping separately. Right? Okay. She'll buy stuff. I'll buy stuff. But it's not like a roommate thing. Like, it's not for me. 
But I swear, like, more often than not, she'll be like, hey, can I have your so-and-so cheese? And I'm like, yeah, it's for both of us. But I'm always amazed, like, that she's asking. I'm like, yeah, eat whatever you want. It's, well, I think for the last one, I think you ask. It's never the last one, though. It's, like, all okay. the time. Like, hey, there's some, uh, hey, there's some Havarti in here. Can I have it? Like, yeah, you can have it. I, like, I mean, if I went through the cheeses, I mean, if we're going to count, like, Parmesan, I've always got feta. You're, you always have feta? Oh, yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. That's fascinating. Well, my, I also eat very limited amount of things. So We're like, not a feta household. Uh, I mean, people are going to probably be horrified by this, and you may also. One of my favorite snacks, like if I'm just sitting and watching a game, to just go. make myself, a bowl of feta and black olives. All right, I knew it was going to be the olives. I knew it. It's amazing. Hey, man. You do what you want. But always feta. Okay. Wow, I didn't expect fat. I didn't expect the Hill Hostel to be a feta household. Sure. That's oh, impressive. Oh, there's always Swiss. Because that's probably my favorite cheese. I think I may have undershot. I might have eight cheeses, right? I, I forgot about Swiss. I have a block of Swiss that the slicer has to get Well, to. everybody has Parmesan. I mean, that's, that's like a free space. That's, I mean, it's kind of like you don't have a block of Parmesan. You just have the shaky Parmesan. Uh, like sure. you're, not, you're not shaving a freaking block no, of Parmesan. No, you know what? I don't do the uh, – but I don't do like the, the cylinder, the long cylinder one. Oh, really? It's the uh, – like – the more the bucket that you they can, uh, oh, you can sprinkle it, like yeah, really sprinkle it. it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Nah, that's very nice. You're yeah. legit. Yeah, that's how I roll. I had no idea. It's turned into quite the conversation. Can I can I say this though? about when we're talking cheese, American, get the hell out of here. Well, that's why I joked earlier. It's disgusting. Can you imagine a charcuterie plate with American on it? I. Nah, it's a disgusting cheese. I can. I would. <laughs> I might throw the entire. I might take the entire – if it was in the backyard and an American was brought out, I might take the entire plate and throw it over a wall. <laughs> I, hate, I hate American it's so much. Dis- it is But disgusting. I'm so cheap that I would be like, no, nah, I can't throw the other cheeses. So I would just take each slice one by one and just throw it. As, as a child, yeah. we would have – That's like, what it is. But you'd have – You're like, smart. The garbage white bread with American cheese for grilled cheese, that, that's like child abuse. I don't know what my parents were doing. Join the conversation on Twitter at Cofield and Co. Now, back to Cofield and Company. A lot of people talking about that online now, wondering why the former president wasn't shown on television. Yeah, so what happened was we were getting ready to show him right between uh, the co-main and main events. We showed OBJ. Then it was supposed to go to David Spade, 2 chains, and then the president. And we had some kind of a, a glitch in the truck. Massive. F*** up by my production team, but it's Wait. live TV and these things happen. Uh, you know Dana White as well as anyone. Do heads roll in a case like that? But, I mean, that is calling it a massive F-up to not show DJT when he's your invited guest. He's barely been out in public. To not get him on TV is unbelievable. Yeah, and I don't know if he talked about this. First of all, I'm glad you played this, and I hope everybody plays it because there is nothing that has made me more infuriated all week than ESPN. They're so woke, wouldn't show Trump. First of all, ESPN would have showed him right away. They, they, they're in production. They know what they're doing. Well, let, let's bring it's in a John, UFC production. Let's bring in John Murray. Do we have to have an order to show Trump? We have to go OBJ to Spade to 2 Chains. <laughs> right. What are we doing here? We got to build? Just show him. I don't even know who 2 Chains is. And I, of course, don't believe that story. I mean, obviously, right? Of course not. 
No, that, no, that's no, 100% no. the story. UFC okay. runs the broadcast. UFC absolutely owns the broadcast. Okay. Uh, there's a reason that, that Ariel Hawani was never on the broadcast for, for the pay-per-views <laughs> because Dana White okay, runs the broadcast. ESPN does not. So it's Dana White's broadcast to run. And by the way, I don't know if he talked about it uh, there. I do know some info that the plan was then, oh, this is, this is, you know, we messed up. We didn't show him there, but we will show him during the Connor fight when everybody in the world is watching. And then the Connor fight ended without any between rounds because it ended after the first round. So they never got to go to him. They would have gone to him, I think, between the first and second or second and third round. And then they never got to because the fight was too short. So that's what happened. This was absolutely 100% not an ESPN thing. This is a UFC production, and it's Dana White's friend. They would have showed him. This was just a production error. Okay, I, I can buy that. That's a good point about Helwani, your guy Helwani. Yeah. Uh, that's fair. I just yeah. think uh, I'm just going to chalk it up as a uh, I'm going to chalk it up as a massive coincidence, Steve, and and wow. I, I'll just believe it. There's a lot going on there. Your guy Helwani. They're both big Buffalo Bills fans. No, yeah. well, I have that, that incorrect. Yes, yeah, that would be incorrect, and I think your guy Helwani <laughs> is also incorrect. There's yeah. there's a lot going on behind the scenes in the in the uh, sure. Naked City. Sure. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Uh, how did you guys do on the fight? We did okay. You know, there was a lot of there was a lot of support both ways. There was a lot of people betting. A lot of sharp guys were betting on Dustin Poirier. You saw that price come up. I want to say Thursday or Friday before the fight got as high as minus one forty. There was public support for Connor. Obviously, it was like two to one tickets on Connor. But there was a lot of bigger bets on Dustin. That was pretty surprising to me. I thought there was going to be a little bit more of a push on public money. Uh, uh, for Conor McGregor. We did very well with Poirier winning in the first round. That, that kind of saved the day for us. But overall, a winner, but, but not a big winner because there was a lot of uh, sharp guys that were taking a diamond. I thought this might have been the the turning point in terms of we've you know we've talked so long about no matter what number you put up in a Conor McGregor fight, the public is going to run to the window to bet Conor McGregor. And I thought this was going to be a fight where maybe that was tested a little bit, but if he lost, then those days might be completely over. Uh, Obviously, you're, started, you're saying that the trend was still there for the public, but not maybe as heavy as in the past. I feel like maybe next time he fights, we're not going to see the public just run to the window to line up to bet Connor. Well, if he fights Dustin Poirier, then I completely agree with you. I mean, <laughs> Dustin Poirier just absolutely smashed him. So, no, I don't think there's going to be people in a big rush to, to bet on Connor McGregor after that showing. And there has to be a point where we go, like, how good is Connor McGregor really at this point in his career? He's only, I think the last time he won a fight was, uh, was the, other than the ridiculous Donald Cerrone fight, was the week that uh, <laughs> DJT got elected president, if you want to go all the way back to November 2016. Long time when ago. he beat Eddie Alvarez, which is a great performance against Eddie Alvarez. Uh, uh, his resume the last five years is pretty much non-existent. Yeah. That wasn't much of an intro. John Murray's with us. <laughs> Westgate, Superbook USA. We're glad to have him back on with us. And uh, we are getting the details now. On the Super Contest, it gets bigger and better every year. So what are you guys rolling out? I'm pretty excited about the new format. We've got nine in-season contests. You know, it's an 18-week regular season now. So we're doing six three-week contests and three six-week contests. We lower the entry fee to $1,000. So, you know, for the price of $1,000, you're getting into 10 contests, essentially. We've, I've been pretty happy so far. We just started taking entries on July one. We're already over 100 entries. I think the guys just told me we're at about 110 entries. A lot of very positive feedback on that in-season contest format. Guaranteed prizes for all nine of the in-season contests. And it's a way, like, even if you blow your, let's say, do poorly week one or week two, there's a new contest starting week four. 
And then week seven, there's two new contests starting. So it really gives you action and keeps you engaged throughout the season. It's a lot of math, John. I know. It took me about two months to do the math. Uh, <laughs> it was all I did for about 60 days. But got it all done. And uh, it's exciting, and, uh, and we're getting very positive response. We also have the Super Contest Gold. That's still intact with the same $5,000 buy-in, the winner-take-all. And we got the Super Contest Reboot as well. How many times did you have to explain that this week? Because I know your media schedule was out of control. You were the biggest <laughs> celebrity on, uh, on Press Row at the All-Star Game. Uh, I was not on Press Row. I, I was just in, uh, in the everyman seats. Uh, we, we did talk about it a little bit, but we tried, not, we tried to, down, to downplay that in Colorado, uh. to be honest with you guys, because the Super Contest, at least for this season, is a Nevada exclusive. So when, when we, were in, we were in Denver, we were mostly just promoting the Superbook mobile app in Colorado. There you go. Big star, John Murray, on, on the phone with us here uh, on Cofield and Company. Uh, how was the Home Run Derby in person? Well, better than the All-Star game, right? Yeah. I mean, it was absolutely the, the, the better of the two events was Monday night, the Home Run Derby. The, the, the tie between Juan Soto and Otani was awesome. Then they, had the, they went to that tiebreaker where they each got three swings. Uh, the dramatic first-round match between Joey Gallo and the hometown player, Trevor Story. And then nobody was going to beat Pete Alonso in that thing. I mean, it looked like he was barely even trying. A great performance by him. I thought the home run derby was a lot of fun. John, you got to give us your take on uh, what happened with the total in the WNBA All-Star game, something we've uh, rarely seen in Vegas. Yeah. So I, I just heard about this because I, I was actually flying back from Denver yesterday, and uh, another reporter asked me for comment, and I think my response to him was, I didn't realize the WNBA had an All-Star game tonight. So I don't know that I'm really the person to talk about to talk about it. Uh, I can see how that could happen, though, because you've got. It's, from what I was told, the format wasn't really spelled out too well. As far as like, was it the same as the NBA All Star Game with that? I forget what they call that. Adam is that the Elam? Yeah, Elam system. Yeah, and then I think some people thought that's what they were doing. Maybe other people didn't realize they were. I didn't know anything about it. Obviously, the people that put up the numbers on our end. Should have looked into it a little bit more. But I could definitely see how, how something like that could happen. And at the end of the day, I looked at how much we wrote on it and how much we won or lost, and it's irrelevant, and it just doesn't make any difference. <laughs> you, you don't think there was a lot of excitement for the WNBA All-Star game yesterday? Well, it would have probably done better if they hadn't been going up against Game 4 of the NBA Finals. I mean, we, we, did, we did quite a bit of volume on the NBA game last night and did very well on that, but... No, there's, it's always funny to me when these, these events get talked about at nauseum and, and there's just almost no volume on it at all. It just, it's, it's a funny story, but it really doesn't matter too much. Where are we at in terms of how much Olympic betting can there be? You know, there's not. I don't think there's going to be a lot of it this year, guys, and I think part of that is because of the time zone. Uh, the, the time zone is not going to do us many favors uh, with the Olympics this year. I think the men's basketball team, because they lost those first two exhibition games, that has gotten some people's attention. I think we'll do a little bit of business on, on women's soccer, but I, I, don't, I don't expect it to be a very highly bet event, unfortunately. I mean, really, with that Tyson Fury fight being postponed, once we get through the NBA Finals, uh, we're going to be going into a pretty slow season here. John, one more time on the Super Contest in terms of the entries, the cost. Are you guys doing a Super Contest weekend, too? Yeah, Super Contest weekend, August 27 and 28. We're going to do the golf event at Las Vegas Country Club. That's August 28. Super Contest, the classic Super Contest, now $1,000. 
We're paying back all of that. There's no administrative administrative fee, excuse me. And there's now ten contests for the price of one, nine in-season contests. The gold and the reboot are the same as always. I will say I really enjoyed last year's contest. I didn't do well in it, but I did enjoy the room bonus. That was that was outstanding. So uh, the property yeah. property is very nice. I I, I, <laughs> I really no, I really mean that. I really did enjoy it. And obviously, it was different times. It was kind of right. quiet, but I I, uh, I got a kick out of staying there more than a few times last year. A little harder to get a room now that the, yeah. the hotel is sold out basically every night for the next three years. But right. I can get you guys a room. I can get you. <laughs> that's not why I mentioned room. it. That's not why I mentioned it. I was actually no, saying I, I love like you. I really for that. No, no, that's all, that's all I wouldn't do that on the air. When I, would put <laughs> I, can, I know okay, I can just be a text. I, you know, I know I can. I can text you behind the scenes. I don't have to ask for, <laughs> for a room on the air. I got you. I got you. All right, John. Well, we appreciate it. Thank you. All right, boys. Thanks. That's I really meant that. I, I had a good time last year. I know. It's a, it's a property that I don't think gets enough attention for the entire, you know, the totality of the property. We talk so much about the sports book and the uh, the football viewing party. It's good enough for NFL executives. It's good enough for us. Now that that's out there, we can say it. Yes, Mark Davis lived there for a long time, so that that should be uh, the feather, the ultimate feather in their cap. Cofield and Company will be back in minutes right here on ESPN Las Vegas.